Rusty Quill presents. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. In my experience, safe is often just as sorry as downright reckless. Welcome back to Spirit Box Radio. faithful listeners how are things things here have been well complicated so i know when the redistribution is happening and i have a pretty good idea of what it's going to be the scarce mongers are going to eat maria gillespie but what that means i don't really know i mean obviously they're going to kill her and turn her into people soup that's what arlo explained to me they seem quite fastidious about it but as to what happens after that's all a bit fuzzy Speaking to Maria and Scarcity last week didn't do much to clear things up. 
I have a better idea of how it's all going to go down, I guess, emotionally. But that's not really helpful in terms of like how I would even begin to go about stopping them. Bliss has passed on a couple of reports about Arlo, but nothing substantial. Apparently they've been allowed to reintegrate a bit more since I met up with Arlo, and that feels like a good sign. Like, maybe it means they aren't suspicious, which is good, because at least Arlo's not going to get eaten too. Unless they get their name pulled out of the hat, and then it's their turn to be the sacrament. Bliss says they have a sacrament at least once every week. I don't know how long they've been doing this. I don't want to think about how many people they've already killed after luring them in and promising them comfort. It's hard to know how to move forward. Just showing up and telling them to stop isn't going to do anything, and Bliss says there's around 40 of them living in their little hideout under the Guildhall in York, so that's way too many for me to, like, I don't know. What am I even suggesting here? Going in and, like, biting them? I can't fight. I spoke to Anna about it, and she suggested I just command them not to do it. But the problem is, the way that it works, the speak and will be heard thing, it's kind of hazy around the edges. I have to be careful about how I phrase things. I, I can't think of a way to command them to stop that doesn't leave any loopholes, and there's no guarantee that when I speak it'll work. I know I can sort of handle it better now, and I'm able to see the arcane on purpose more easily every day that I practice, but the fact remains that the arcane is the arcane, and its workings are mysterious and unfathomable. I could try to stop them by commanding them, and accidentally trigger something weird like I did when I ran that group seance to try and speak to Madame Marie. And like what I did when I trapped Oliver in his shop. The potential for stuff to go wrong just feels so... Monumental. Say the wrong thing, I could be condemning these people into, I don't know, whatever. I don't know how I made the forum ghosts. There's a chance, there's always a chance, that if I try too hard to make them do what I say, I'll wind up making them mine somehow. And they do not need that. Who does? Nobody. To me, right, what I think it is, is this. They're going to eat Maria Gillespie. They think what will happen next is the end of the world, right? And Maria, she seemed to be suggesting that there would be an after that. Which is intriguing, isn't it, given what we know about the man in Flat Cap's plan? He wants to be subsumed by something to uh, move on or whatever. I don't know what that looks like for him, but the sins were convinced that for them it looked like the end of their deals. Going by what the scaresmongers preach, it could be the end of everything. Ingra, they say the man in the flat cap isn't omniscient. Their logic on that was because I'm not omniscient, he isn't either, and that's arguably faulty, right? But let's assume for now that it's true. So he's tied up in everything somehow, in such a way that he could make the world end by leaving. Or, I don't know, the world ending is the only way he can leave. But what does that mean? The end of the world could be a lot of things. I've missed out on a lot of stuff movie and TV-wise, but I've had a lot of alone time recently, and I've been trying to catch up, and it seems like the end of the world could be an explosion or a horde of zombies or just about anything. And people bring it up flippantly all the time, too. It's not the end of the world. Well, then, what is? Sometimes I feel like it's already ended, you know? Like it's all over. I'm being pathetic about it all, I know, but I never claimed I was any good at coping with this stuff. It just sort of happens to me. And now I can't get to sleep properly in a bed on my own. 
They got so used to Oliver being there. And now he's not. And tell me how that's not apocalyptic because it certainly feels there, five in the morning and I'm staring at the ceiling and wondering if he's doing the same. God, I'm being so melodramatic about this, aren't I? And I don't even have Revel to snap me out of it. I don't even have Oliver here to be even more melodramatic by contrast and set me to rights in my head, you know? Oh, none of it matters. None of it matters. It's all small and pointless and stupid compared to everything else. Kitty will call and tell me about conspiracies she and Indy have uncovered and I'm just sitting here. But practically, what else can I do? No, honestly, really, tell me. Air apparent this, ghost maker that. What does any of it mean? And that's the point, isn't it? The real point of it all is that it could just as well mean nothing at all as anything, because half the people who know anything about it are arcanists, and every day that goes by I get more and more sympathetic with Rytidia Bloody Delphus and her hatred of the bastards. It all seems so interesting and mysterious, but the closer I look, the more I see it's all mystery and no interest at all, like everyone is sat alone in their rooms whispering to themselves about... nothing. Sorry, I'm just... I suck. Sorry, this isn't fair of me. I'm taking this out on you and it's not your fault. I'm not sat alone in this room, not really, not when you're listening to me. I need to remember that. It's important. Because you're my faithful listeners and I'm responsible for that, aren't I? You're here to listen to me and I need to make sure that I'm trying my best to... To tell you things, to speak about things, if I'm going to be heard. This show, it's a part of me really, right? That's what being the host of it means. I don't even need a microphone to broadcast, I don't need anything, I just need to speak at this time in this way. I address you and you hear me, you tune in, you, you, you hear me. That's important, isn't it? I have to believe that it is. God, Anna would give me a right talking to if she could hear me now. She's been spending a lot of time with Rytidia. It's a bit weird, I think, but, you know, if it helps. Sitting in a bog all day seems to be helping her sort through her guy issues, and whatever she needs to do to get through all of that, I say let her do it. But it has led to her making some pretty weird observations about things. Like, she started talking about how there seem to be tripwires for lots of things I do. Like, the man in the flat cap has rigged the system to collapse when I do or say certain things. That in itself is a pretty useful observation. Like, but I don't like the thought of Anna and Rytidia hold up talking about the mechanics of my, well, my me. I can't put my finger on what it is about it that gives me such heebie-jeebies, but it is what it is, I guess. She's out at Rytidia's now, actually. I've taken the opportunity whilst Anna's out of the house to sort through a few boxes of stuff that were here after Kitty's shed got uh, wrecked after I brought Kitty back. All of the useful stuff, like my candles and herbs and all of my clothes are at Oliver's, but there's been a few things in here that I didn't realise they'd saved. My whole collection of augury forecasts, for example, and all the letters from faithful listeners that I've saved since I started hosting the show. Yeah. And here's my box of crystals, and what's this? Something wrapped up in a t-shirt. Oh! Recording machine! Uh, hello? Are you awake? Can you hear me, recording machine? 
Cough cough. I am full of dust. It is disgusting. How long has it been since we spoke? I, I don't know. A few months, I think. I'm sorry. Talk about insensitive. You can't just happen someone into semi-sentience and then abandon them. It's very inconsiderate. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. How about I just, um... Ah. Relief at last. Dirt. Bits of ash. And do you know how long that crumb has been lodged in there? Glad I could help. I suppose I could get to forgiving you. Maybe. I thought you were connected to the forums. Why didn't you say something? After a long enough period of grudge holding. I don't know. It never occurred to me. Don't you think it should have? That sounds like victim blaming to me, heir apparent. Do not call me that. Yikes. Raw nerve. Much? Just don't, alright? Understood. You know how some people bake to feel better? I think doing things for your listeners is like that for you. Like baking? Yes. It is something you can do, and then it's finished. Okay. So, you want me to find a way to distract myself? So much of what you're dealing with is big and scary and complicated. Maybe it will help to take on something smaller, just for today. <sighs> All right. How about I read this letter? It's not very cheerful or anything, but it's something, I guess. Okay. Dear Sam, I hope this letter finds its way to you, as I'm not sure how often they collect the post where I live. Maybe it hasn't, and it's just sitting in the middle of the countryside getting damp. I've been listening to the show for ages, but I've never had any reason to interact with the forums or write in, but I knew I had to write to you right away. I recently bought my first house at the youthful age of 37, in the very middlest middle of nowhere. My nearest town is a 45-minute bus ride away, and it doesn't run on weekends either. But I like the isolation, the quiet. I work as an illustrator, so it suits me to have plenty of natural inspiration around me. I live with my cat Biscuit, who's an indoor cat, terrified by the prospect of the outdoors, much like me, and we live very happily. I invested in a house I could do up, as I like having projects to work on, and this one suited me down to the ground. It's an old Stuart farm cottage, with a barn attached and it's gorgeous. I recently renovated a room to make into my home studio. It's got loads of light and plenty of space for me to store my half-finished paintings. Anyway, I'm running away with myself. I'm not really writing to you to tell you my life story, as it's very dull. I'm writing to you because of something that happened to me a few weeks ago. It all started when I kept getting my feet scratched at night. They started appearing in tiny little nicks on my toes at first. I didn't even notice them until I was putting my socks on the next morning. This carried on for a couple of weeks, and then they started getting bigger. That's when I started waking up in the middle of the night. Not completely, at first. You know that sort of half-doze you sometimes wake up into when someone shouts outside and you're sort of awake enough to hear it, but not enough to do something about it? All I really caught was the tail end of the moment, the last little drab of the sting. That was the case for a couple of weeks. It wasn't every night, but it was frequent enough that I was feeling groggy. Then, because of that I suppose, I started waking up properly. I was starting to feel more of the scratch now, catching it in the second half almost like switching on the telly about 12 minutes past the hour and watching the rest of what's on. I'd peer into that darkness and try to see what had woken me. I never spotted anything, except once. I saw this little pair of eyes shining in the dark, and it really freaked me out. I felt this horrible cold shiver creeping down my spine, and horrifyingly I was paralysed. No fight or flight, nothing, just freeze. 
That was, of course, until I heard Biscuit's very loud purring. Then I started to put together the clues. It must have been Biscuit. My guess was confirmed when I caught him in the act of reaching up to nab my feet one morning. He'll scratch at me if I let my bare feet get too close to the end of the duvet, and that was what was waking me up. Mystery solved, right? I started putting on socks and tucking the duvet under my feet before I fell asleep. A little overkill, maybe, but in a house with only electric heating, it keeps me warmer, which is always a blessing. I was sleeping again, getting good nights so my work wasn't quite as affected by the bleary eyes scratching at me. Everything stayed the same for ages until a few weeks ago. It was getting warmer, so I got rid of the socks, and I just kept to the tuck and pray method. I'd gone ages without incidents, so I thought maybe it'd be all right. I went to bed listening to a nice man with a very boring voice talking about carpentry on YouTube, which is my secret charm to both getting to sleep more easily and learning about how to fix up my house, all in one. I fell asleep with my dehumidifier on. All in, immensely peaceful, I was sleeping like a stone before that nice man could tell me all about how to bend the wood using temperature. I was awakened by a sharp scratch. Only this time was different. Rather than getting the end of it or just the back half, I felt the whole thing, the long scratch of a claw over my foot. I was especially shocked because I was certain I'd tucked my feet under, but in the warmth I must have kicked it off. I swore bloody murder as I looked at the little eyes peering up at me in the dark. It had really hurt. It was then I heard the fabric of my duvet shifting beside me. I turned to look. And there he was, staring up at me. Biscuit. His little ears were back and his tail was puffed up like a feather duster. I turned back to where I'd seen the eyes before and they were still there. Little silver pools reflected in the pitch-black darkness. But... They weren't the eyes of an animal, simply staring at something that had its attention. Its gaze held intelligence, curiosity. It looked at me as I imagine we look at squirrels in a garden, with the passive gaze of an amused observer. I blinked and it was gone. I leaned over and turned on the light, and there was absolutely nothing there. Nothing except the long, bleeding scratch on the top of my foot. I spent the whole night awake with all the lights on in my house. I wandered from room to room, trying to see where the culprit might be hiding, but I found nothing. I even managed to work up the nerve to look under my bed and check there. Not a sausage. Ever since, I've had a really hard time getting a proper night's sleep. I keep having dreams of those little silvery eyes staring at me in the dark, that feeling of scratching all over me. I'm really distressed at the thought that something might be living in my house with me. And I just want to be able to sleep properly again. Can you recommend any ways of getting rid of spirits like these? Or should I be looking at estate agents and boxes for packing? Your sleepless friend, Agatha. She, they. Agatha's also slipped in a little watercolour. Two silvery eyes peering out from murky darkness. Hmm. Well, Agatha, I'm not really sure what to advise, really. Unless you're feeling really bad vibes, I wouldn't assume that whatever is lurking in your home is malevolent. If it were me, I'd try speaking to it. You can try to do that a few ways. You can use a spirit box, for starters. You can try to use the spirit box services broadcast here, but like, I'm not sure how useful that's going to be for you. It's become increasingly unreliable as a communication tool ever since I took over the show. And even when it's not chanting things at people, it seems to be far more productive than it should be. I'd try hopping on the forums and speaking with other faithful listeners about it, see if that gets you anywhere with things. The forum users have a better grasp of what's going on with the spirit box services than me, to be honest. I know what it's like to feel watched. 
to feel like every step you take is haunted by something you don't understand. Just remember that you're still your own and try not to let it dominate your life. And don't worry too much about it because you've got a cat nearby and they're always very helpful with these sort of things in my experience. You could even ask them what their opinion on it all is. Just make sure you're really paying attention when they answer. Do you feel any better now you've tried to help someone? Yeah, I guess I do. Sort of. You should take your own advice, you know. About what? Not letting that sense you're being watched at every turn take over your life. Okay. I guess I'll try. I humbly suggest your first act on this should be taking a bath. <laughs> Why, do I smell? No, but you're so tense it's coming off you in waves. Okay. That's not a bad idea. Anna has a little basket of bath bombs. I'm sure she won't mind if I use one of them. <laughs> right then, faithful listeners. I'm going to go and try and chill out for a bit. I hope you have a beautiful next few days, and I'll speak with you next week. Radio is a podcast created by Pippin Ava Major for Hanging Soul Studios. If you like the show, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Hanging Soul Studios and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode starred Pippin Ava Major as Sam Enfield and the recording machine as herself. It also featured writing from Will J. Cummings. Spirit Box Radio is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.